Pastor Sonny's been our long-term and tenured friend, stuck with us by the stuff. Both of us walked through the loss of our fathers together in the earlier years of our life. Uh, we've, uh, we've been around the world together. Uh, we've uh, laughed together. We've cried together. In fact, one of our long-term tenured friends, Pastor Jeff Wickwire, uh, uh, who he was my pastor in Quitman and Conan and Shelley's pastor in Quitman when we first went to Quitman Church on the Rock. Uh, there, his dear wife Kathy, our friend, she lost her battle with cancer, nine-month battle with battle with cancer, a week ago now, I think, or a few days ago. And so, uh, we we love our friends, and we're with each other and support each other for years. And you need to live a life. Listen, you need to live a life when you come to the close of it. People care about you. Uh, and that and that happens when you love, support, and and stand with, and build relationships that last a lifetime. With that in mind, I want you to give my dear friend Pastor Sonny Canazzo your undivided attention and appreciation for being with us this morning. Amen. Hey Nate, Nate, come up here and get on this piano just a second. I need you to just play just for a moment, okay? I ran up on the platform before church started. Uh, I said, man, I need me some good worship today. Oh, kids, go to kids' church. Man. Love you. Kids. I told Nate, I said, Nate, I need me some good worship today. Because I'm, and I don't compare myself to Elisha. But there was a time when Elisha, the prophet of God, was hanging around people needed a word from God. They found Elisha. Elisha says, okay, bring me a musician. And when the musician came and began to play, it says, then it happened. Then it happened that the word of God came upon him. And he spoke the word of God. And every Sunday and every time I spent, I need to get into the presence of God. I need the musicians on target and it's good to have the musicians on target I've been there where they haven't been on target but today they were on target when they sang that song about the name of Jesus the Spirit of God dropped on me let me ask you a question what were you doing 20 years ago think about it how many of you are 20 or younger anybody here 20 or younger anybody here under 20 anybody look, look here she wouldn't even, just barely born when this church started. What were you doing 20 years ago? I was 44 years old. Wow. Let me tell you what I was doing 20 years ago. It hit me as I was sitting right there. 20 years ago, I'm over here. Our family's in a bad place. My daughter at the age of 17 got pregnant. I'm pastoring the church. And my daughter's pregnant. I said, Lord, what's going to happen? How are we going to get through this? I'm grateful for good friends. I'm grateful for good church members. They walked us through that. It wasn't easy. When they sang that song about His name, Jesus, there were times I couldn't pray any eloquent prayers. All I could say was, Jesus, Jesus, what are we going to do? He said, just trust me. Trust me. 
It's not always easy to do. Let me come now. 20 years later, that little girl that was born, Evelyn's her name, just graduated from Christ for the Nations. Her and her husband moved to St. Louis where she's in school preparing to become a nurse because she sensed a call upon her life. Between that time and this time, I didn't know what was going to happen. But God says, if you'll just trust me, I'll cause this to work together for good. God is good. I know some of you are struggling today. I know that. But I'm here to let you know, just trust God. Trust the Lord. Give Him a little time. Give Him a little trust. And I promise you, He'll cause it to work together for your good. For the good of your family, for the good of the kingdom of God. Because that's the kind of God He is. God is a good God. 20 years ago, this church received its new pastor, Pastor Sam in Beverly. Pastor Ron started this work over 20 years ago. They needed a pastor. God pinpointed Pastor Sam. He was in East Texas. He says, I need you to go to a new place. Pastor a group of people that need to hear a word from God. They need a pastor. He came and Many of you came as a result of that. Thought about this. The number 20 uh, in biblical terms, it was a number of expectation. Jacob waited 20 years for his wife and his property before it was released to him. Israel waited for a deliverer for, from Judah's oppression for 20 years. Israel waited for deliverance for 20 years. Then Samson showed up. Solomon waited 20 years to complete the temple and the palace that God has spoke to him to build. 20 is the number of expectation. 20 in Hebrew is there always a letter in Hebrew, has a number and has a picture with it. The number 20 is kaf. And the picture is an open palm. It's an open palm, and that palm can be giving you something, or that palm can be covering you. And the number 20 is that God is about to give you something. God's about to cover you. Psalm 145. All of this, let me just say, is preliminary to my message, but just thought I need to say it because the Spirit of the Lord came upon me as the musicians were playing and I just had to say what I said. Psalm 145 verse 15, the eyes of all look expectantly to you, the number 20, the number of expectation. The eyes of all look expectantly to you to give them food in due season, to open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Psalm 104 says this, These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand and they are filled with good. Let me give you a preliminary word. God's about to open up His hand. 
and give you that which is good. You haven't seen anything yet. The next 20 years are going to be more awesome than the first 20 years. And I come today truly with a word, I believe, from the Lord. I wish you'd have been with me on my way down here. Because I came by myself. My wife was sick and she couldn't come on this trip. And I got to spend those four and a half hours in my car driving from Dallas. And I got to preaching. When I get in my car, I, 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 I worship. I lead worship in my car. I'm a good worship leader in my car by myself. And I preach hard. I mean, I'm waving my hands. I, I'm, I'm doing it all. I, I don't know what people think. I got real tinted windows now. They can't see me, so... But I was waving my hands and I was preaching. I wish you'd have been in the car with me because it came out really well in that car. I gave an invitation and I responded. <laughs> but I do have a word from the Lord today. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 20. It just happens to come Deuteronomy chapter 20. Nate, I won't make you do this all the service. You can be seated. But I appreciate Nate. I'm telling you. Uh, I appreciate the gift that God's given him, the gift of worship. And uh, I love to worship the Lord. Uh, I'm not a worship leader, but I love to worship the Lord and uh, kind of a little envious of those who lead worship and how they just, it just seems like it's not difficult for them just to stand and begin to sing and to lead worship and we enter into the presence. Well, I'm going to say something about that in just a moment. Uh, kind of a humorous thing happened to me as I thought about this message, Pastor Sam. Before you go to Deuteronomy chapter 20, just flip over it. I, I was reading in the book of Isaiah, and I was praying for the past few weeks about what I was going to say when I came here because I wanted to bring a word from God. I didn't want to just, to, just bring any old word. I wanted a word from God. I said, I need a word from God. I don't want, I want to go as a, a, a prophet in the house. So I turned over to Isaiah 20 as I was around. I thought, well, maybe it comes from the 20th chapter, 20th anniversary, 20th chapter of Isaiah. Sam, you're going to be glad he didn't come from this chapter. I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you. In the year that Tartan came to Ashdod, when Sargon, the king of Assyria, sent him, he fought against Ashdod and took it. At the same time, the Lord spoke by Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, Go and remove the sackcloth from your body and take your sandals off your feet. And he did, so walking naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, Just as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot three years for the sign and wonder against Egypt and Ethiopia. So this is going to happen. And he says, I am going to expose Egypt. They're going to walk around naked. I thought, well, Lord, is that the word for Pastor Sam? Aren't you glad you're not an Old Testament prophet, Pastor Sam? Have to do these kind of strange things and expose your buttocks so everybody can see it? Just to get a message out to the people? Well, that's not the word of the Lord today, Pastor Sam. But Deuteronomy chapter 20 is, I believe, a word from God. This is, 20th chapter of Deuteronomy is the laws of spiritual warfare. Now, two weeks ago I was watching the Dallas Cowboys uh, they played on Friday night. I did not get to watch that game till Sunday afternoon. I'd happened to catch the score. I believe the score was uh, 41 to 
41 to what? 14? 41 to 14. Cowboys won. So I was watching the game. I knew the score. Something happened as I was watching that game. The first series was terrible. There were penalties and drop balls and people just out of place. and uh, It was a mess. And as I watched the game, I watched uh, people do things that were just the Cowboys, you know, goofy things, you know. But never once did I worry about the outcome of that game. Wasn't worried about it. Because I knew what the final score was. And I enjoyed the game. I wanted to see how they won. I don't mind knowing the score. Because matter of fact, I don't want to watch it if they lose. But I knew they were going to win. And as I thought about that, I thought about God, how He looks from His throne in heaven. And He watches us. And sometimes we fumble the ball. Sometimes, as I shared a while ago, we, we make mistakes. We mess up. We throw an interception. We get injured. We do all kinds of things. But never is God ever concerned about the outcome of His church. Because He's already made a promise. He made it to Peter. He said, Peter, upon this revelation you've had of me, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And sometimes you hear all kinds of things about the church. All the church is messed up. We're about to lose the church. I'm telling you, God is not going to lose His church. He's going to have a church. And it's going to be successful. It's going to accomplish His will and His purpose on this earth. The question is, when's it going to happen? When's He going to come back for this church? Well, I believe He's looking at us and said, if you'll obey me and do what I'm calling you to do, the sooner I'll come back and get you. But I guarantee His church, this church, the expression of His body of Christ right here in Beaumont, Texas, is going to be successful. This church has been planted in this place on purpose. Pastor Sam is here on purpose. It's not an accident. This is not just a job. Pastor says, well, I think I'll just be a pastor. You know, some people do that. They do. They just, hey, I just want to be a pastor. And, and they're not, there's not a calling. It's just a job they do. I don't know why they would do this without being called to do it. Because there's so many times I've had to rely on that calling. God, I want to quit. Can't. Why? I've called you to do it. And I had to rely on that calling. Sam has been called to this house. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 20. God is speaking to the children of Israel, telling them about going out to war. When you go out to battle against your enemies, let me just say there are some enemies that we're going out against. And you see horses and chariots more numerous than you. Horses and chariots was state-of-the-art fighting equipment of that day. The children of Israel didn't have that. They were just an infantry. They really weren't men of war from their youth. They'd been in captivity. They were just kind of learning how to fight a little bit. And he said, you're going to see your enemy. You're going to see them. They're going to have horses and chariots, state-of-the-art weaponry. They're going to be no, more numerous than you. What did he say? What did he say? What's it say next? Do not be afraid. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. And he brought you out of the land of Egypt. Supernaturally brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
So he said, now you're going to look out, you're going to see the enemy. They're going to be more numerous than you. They're going to have more equipment than you. They're going to be better fighters than you. But you're going to have something they don't have. You've got me. And me and what you have is all you need. Then he says, so it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest, let me stop right there. It's not just any priest. It wasn't just the high priest. It was a special priesthood that was called to be anointed for war. The warring priest. Pastor Sam, you are the anointed for war for this congregation, for this city. You are the priest. It was a special priest. He said, that priest, the warring priest, shall approach and speak to the people. He was the spokesman for God to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Now he had to rehearse it again. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble. Do not be terrified because of them. He had to say it over and over and over again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let your heart faint. Don't tremble. Don't be terrified. Why? For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight against your enemies to save you or to bring you to the place of victory. God is on your side. Ooh, isn't that good to know? But what do you need in this life? Boy, how do people live their life without Jesus? I don't know. I do not know. Turn on the news. And you watch the news and you think, Jesus, I, I turned off the news. Recently, I, I just got tired of hearing all the talking heads. Get, I, I woke up one morning. I was in my place of prayer. I finished praying, and I thought, well, let me just let me check out Facebook, and let me find out what the headlines are, see what my friends are doing. And I began to read some of the headlines. I didn't research them. I just read the headlines, and I got mad. I got angry. And I said to myself, this is not the way you want to start your day. And I made a decision. Stop that. Stop listening to all the talking heads. Quit listening to all the newscasters because they're trying to stir things up. They're trying to poke you to get you angry. Especially us Christians, they want us angry, so we'll say something stupid. If you're not in the Spirit, you will say something stupid. I've heard Christians say something. I've heard pastors say stupid things. Why did you say that? Well, it just poked me and I just, it just came out. And, and that's what the enemy does. So I made up my mind, quit that. I'm not going to, especially in this political season. Isn't it awful? Oh, aren't you glad we know Jesus? He's in charge. He's in charge. Jesus is in charge. There's nothing to worry about. I don't know who's going to be president. But that's not my salvation anyway. My salvation is in Jesus. Psalm 2 says God looks down from heaven and he just laughs at the puny plans of men. He said, they're kind of cast off my restraints. He just laughs at them. Look what they're trying to do down there. Can you imagine? I bet there's real laughter going on in heaven right now. What he looks down here on this earth. But I'm glad I know Jesus. God is with us. Now verse 5. Then the officers shall speak to the people saying, What man is there who has built a new house not dedicated? Let him go and return to his house. Lest he die in battle another man dedicate it. 
And that was important to dedicate your house to the Lord. It was a big ceremony. It was a big deal because that was where they were going to have Passover. That's where they would have their Friday night services. That's where people would come and they would raise their family in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It's where friends would come in and they would dedicate their house to the Lord. He said, I don't want you to be distracted. We're going to battle here and I don't need anybody distracted. If you built a new home, you've not dedicated, go on home. Well, he didn't stop there. Also, what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? That could take several years before you got to eat of your vineyard. And he said, if you've not eaten of your vineyard, not tasted that fruit, I want you to go home, lest you die in battle and somebody else gets your vineyard. Then he says again, what man is there who's betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to himself, lest he die in battle and another man marry her. So if you've de- not dedicated your home, go home. If you're not eating of your vineyard, go home. If you're betrothed to a wife, you're not married her, go home. And he's not through there. And I'm sure he's calling them out. They're, they're returning home. I guess they're glad they don't have to go to war. Then the officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is what? Fearful and faint-hearted. If you're still afraid, let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Something about fear. Fear is contagious. Boy, it's like faith. Faith is contagious too. You get around men and women of faith, and I mean, you stay around them long enough, your faith is going, oh boy, I get built up. And that's why I like to come to church. My faith gets built up when I come to the house of God like this. But if you get around negative people, like if you watch the news all the time, you get around negative people, and everybody knows some negative people, don't you? There's even some people in, church, in the church house that are negative all the time. I, there are some people in my church from time to time over the years. I've been pastoring now for 30 years. And over the 30 years, there are certain people. I see them coming. I said, oh, no. what is it this time? Pastor, Pastor, i got to talk to you. Oh, okay. What is it? And every week, it's always something. They're singing somebody's done me wrong song. And then when I see them on Sunday, the next time, I say, oh, here they come. I'm going to play like I don't see them. And I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just, they're hollering at me, but I'm going to play like I don't see them. Or I run and I hide or I start talking to somebody because I know what they're going to do. They can't get victory over their fears. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, this is what was about to happen. They were about to go to battle. And God was saying, hey, I need your attention here. I don't need you distracted. I don't need fear mongers out here going to war with me because you're going to panic. You're going to cause somebody to lose their life. You're probably going to lose your life. So if you're afraid, go on home. So by now, he's called down the army pretty good. Just like Gideon. Gideon, you got too many. You got to send some home. Because if you win with all these men, you're going to think it was you that did it. I want to show you it's my hand that's going to win this battle. And there were even times when God would say, here, I'm going to tell you how to win this battle. Here's what I want you to do. Just walk around that wall seven times. Watch what I'll do. And the walls of Jericho came falling down. What did he tell Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat, I'm going to tell you how to win this battle. Get your choir together and put them out front of everybody. What? The choir? I don't think I'd want to put my choir out front. No, I want you to put the choir out front. I want them to lead the way, and I'm going to show you what I'll do. They put the choir out front. God won a great victory that day. Because what? Some trust in chariots, some in horses. 
But we're going to remember what? The name of the Lord our God. God is for us. Verse 9, And it shall be when the officers have finished speaking to the people that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. From that group that's not fearful, that's not distracted, that's where I want to get my officers from. When you go near a city to fight against them, proclaim an offering of peace to it. And I won't read the rest of that. And oh, let me just say, Pastor Sam, there's something good here. Because you there were seven nations that they had to run out of the promised land. Seven nations that were mightier than they were. But God said, This land is now your land because I've already judged those people. They won't repent under paganism. So I'm taking them out of Canaan land and I'm going to put you in it. But you've got to drive them out. Seven nations. There are seven spirits around the throne of God, according to Revelation and Isaiah 11. Seven spirits around the throne of God, dominating the throne of God. And there are seven spirits dominating this earth, made up of Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, all those ites. And those are seven spirits that we've got to deal with even today because the children of Israel didn't deal with them, didn't annihilate like they were supposed to. So that's a whole other message. I don't have time to get into that because I want to pray for you in just a moment because I believe God has spoken to my heart. Matter of fact, I'm going to have to get my iPad out. But I didn't have time to print this. I'm not uh, one of these uh, iPad preachers. Uh, I actually like a real Bible. You know, I, I was in a church the other Sunday, and, and the pastor said, get out your Bible. And I looked around, and everybody grabbed their Bible, the real Bible. And I never hadn't seen that in a long time. Because usually when I say, get out your Bible, everybody goes... They pull out their phone. I think they're looking at their Bible. I don't. They tell me they are, but I really don't know. But I like the. But I, I'm not an iPad preacher and all that stuff. But I, I wrote something down a couple of weeks ago as I was praying over this service, and the Lord spoke to my heart about Pastor Sam and Beverly, and about this church, and that Sam was the anointed priest that was going to lead this congregation into its next battle. This is what I wrote down. You've been, this church, in a season of war. And the war is going to continue for some time. There are people in this city, in this community, maybe some even in this room right now, being held captive by the enemy. They're all around us. If you could see in the spirit world, you would see children. Young people, couples, even the old, who are chained, bound, and imprisoned. They need those who will pray. They need those who will fight, who will not hide, but will expose himself and confront the enemy. We need men, young men and young women like David, who will stand out in front of the army. They're back here hiding, afraid. And David steps up and says, hey, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Let me tell you, the uncircumcised Philistines are still out there trying to defy the name of the Lord our God. And it's time for somebody not to hide. Whoo, come on, Jesus, get us out of this mess. But we come out front and we stand right in front and we say, we're going to come after you and cut your head off of your shoulder. God is looking. Let me just say, he's not just looking for men in the Old Testament. It was just a group of men. But in this day and age, in the church age, the Spirit of God says, I'm going to fall upon all flesh. I'm going to fall upon your sons and your daughters, the young and the old, even your children. God is looking 
for a few good men and women and children. I've seen some men who wouldn't do it, but some women stepped up. They were not afraid to fight. Boy, I was in an intercessory prayer meeting a few years ago, and we had some intercessors, some ladies usually. They were intercessors. They got loud. They got, they did, they, ooh, it, it was like, man, what are they doing? Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, you gotta, you gotta stop this. This is getting a little out of hand. They're getting a little too loud. They're getting a little too boisterous. I said, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I said, I tell you this, if you ever need a miracle, you're gonna want them to come praying all over you. Now, there's a time and a place for it. I wouldn't let it happen on a Sunday morning. On a Tuesday night ministry of intercession, I'd say, go at it. Fight those devils. Fight those devils. I don't know why it, it seems like the ladies step up to intercession. Uh, now, I know there are some men, but most of the time it's the ladies that step up. And I don't, they are warriors. They are, maybe because most of the women have given birth. They know what it means to give birth. They know what it means to endure that kind of pain. I was with my wife when she gave birth, and I said, honey, it's going to be okay. And she turned around, got her hand right like it's ready to slap me. He said, well, you think it's going to be okay. You don't know what I'm going through, the pain I'm going through. Ladies, you know what it means to give birth. Sometimes in intercession, you've got to give birth to victory. So ladies, you that are in intercession, we're going to pray for you in just a moment. And some men that are in intercessory prayer because you're needed in the house of God. Let me continue this thing. There are those that are bound up. They need those who will pray, who will fight, will not hide, will expose themselves and confront the enemy. If you allow me, the Lord says to you, to anoint you for this moment in the history of this congregation. Listen, he said, I will show you things that are supernatural beyond what you could dream or think. I want you, listen church, this is to you. I want you to be my witnesses that I am who I say I am. That I will do what I say I will do. I need you. Those who are bound need you. Children today are crying out, waiting to be spiritually set free. Will you join me in the battle to win this city? As I gave cities to my children throughout the promised land, I will give you cities surrounding you. You have been pushed. It's now to push back. Push down the enemy who's tried to get you to give up and quit. And, and here's what the Lord says. Take a deep breath. Stand up. Stand strong. And fight. You're fighting for your sons and your daughters. Listen, if we could just hear in the spirit realm right now. There are little kids in this community right now. I hear them. They're crying out. They don't have to pray. They're just saying, help. They're being abused. And being neglected. They're hurting teenagers that are hurting right now. They put up a good false front, but inside they're hurting. There's marriages being torn apart right now. Wives are crying out. Husbands crying out. There are those that are older and they've never known the Lord and they are hurting today. People in their homes not able to get to church, but they're hurting and they need someone. Help me! You know who the help is going to be? It's going to be the church. I'm grateful for all the charities that go on, but it's not the church. I recently heard that the Red Cross in Louisiana 
was a police officer on his off time, I don't know if some of you may have seen this, was going to the Red Cross and he had his Bible and he was just, I'm just going to go pray with some of these folks. They're, they're hurting. I want to go pray for them. Some of the good people, he said, they were good volunteers at Red Cross came to him and said, Captain, I'm sorry. We can't let you pray for these people. They've written in some new bylaws. The Red Cross won't let you come and pray anymore. He said, what? He said, I can't pray for these people. They're hurting. But they've stopped it. The world is doing its best to stop us, pushing us, pushing us, saying, stop what you're doing. But I'm telling you, we're about to push back for the glory of God. We're not going to give in. God is looking for you because there are people right here in this community. That's why God raised this church up 20 years ago. This wasn't just a good idea. This was a God idea. And he said, I need you to fight for me. I need you to fight because I'm hearing their cry. And God works through us. Fight for one another. Fight for your sons and daughters. Fight for those who you've not even met yet. They're waiting for you. And the Holy Spirit assured me that He's let them know that help is on the way. And I'm saying to you, lift up your eyes and look. For the fields are ready to be harvested. There is a harvest for this house. Pastor Sam, Beverly, come up here. So man, I, I, I got a word for you. You are the warring priest of this house. Listen, Isaiah 43, since you were precious in my sight, you were valuable to me. That's what the word precious means. It's not, you're, you're precious, Sam. No. You're valuable to me. Since you were precious in my sight, you've been honored. It's been an honor to be here for 20 years. Not been easy to be here for 20 years, but you've, God's honored you. That, to be honored means He takes you up a level. You were here, He's brought you up to here. You've been honored. Listen to this. I've loved you. You wouldn't be here if he didn't love you. Couldn't stand this if he didn't love you. He lo I've loved you. Therefore, because you're valuable to me, because I've honored you, because I love you. Listen, therefore, this is the reason. This is why it's you're precious and you're loved and you're honored. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. And he said they're going to come from the north, south, east, and west. God has ordained a harvest to be in the city. I drive up down this, these roads and I see a lot of church buildings. I don't know if they're churches, but I see a lot of church buildings. Somebody would say, well, why do we need another church? Because God said, I need this church here. Because there's a harvest for this congregation. There's a harvest for this congregation. There's a portion of the harvest. There's, God bless every church. I, every time I pass by a church, I say, God bless them. Let them reach souls. They're going to reach the harvest, but there's a harvest that only you can reach. And because you're precious and valuable and honored before God, He said, I'm going to give you some people. How many feel like you're connected to this body of believers? Would you stand up? Would you do something? Would you come down here? Come down here. If you feel connected to this body of believers, some way I want you to come into this altar right now. Now just come stand.
Come on, just come on as close as you can. Pastor, I want you to come up. I want you to turn around and look. Look here. He said, I'll give people for your life. You give me your life, Sam. I'll give you some people. Look here. You know what's valuable to God? He doesn't need our money. We need it. God doesn't need it. He doesn't need your silver, your gold. He doesn't need your stuff. Do you know what the only thing we're going to take with us to heaven? People. It's the only thing. The only thing we're going to take to heaven with is people. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to be cheated of people you want me to reach. I want to get to heaven someday and they say, Pastor Sam, I'm here because I heard you preach. I'm here because I was a part of Church of the Rock North. I'll give you people. Look, He's giving you people. Let me say to all of you, you're precious to Him. You're honored. It's an honor to be a child of God. He loves you. And guess what? Therefore, I'll give you some people. God's got some people for you to reach. There's some people you'll reach. Pastor Sam will never reach. Some of your family. You've got to fight for them, though. Some of your neighbors. Some child. Maybe you don't even know. But one day you want to go to heaven. And you want somebody to say, Hey! Man, I heard you that day you preached the gospel to me. You loved me. I'm here because of you. I'll give you people. I'll draw them in from the north, south, east, and west. Listen. He needs you. He can't do this without you. I don't, I don't know why God did this. Why He built the church He did. He can't do it without us. He doesn't want to do it without us. Oh, He could because He's God. He's chosen not to. He says, I need you to be my ambassador. I need you to go into all the world. I need you to go. Now listen, here's what the Lord said. Y'all just stand right here. He said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to refocus on my presence. That's what he said about fear. You know, we focus on fear too much. Usually what we do, we get fearful and we start rebuking fear. I think the devil gets us distracted. We talk, we're, we're talking about fear. We're talking to fear all the time. When God said, no, you don't need to speak to fear. If you just get into my presence, fear's going to disappear. You're battling lust. Get into his presence. Lust is going to disappear. Battling depression, get into his presence. Depression can't stay in his presence. We got to refocus on his presence. That's why I have to have good praise. I got certain people that I, all of our worship, listen, Mark, listen, all you guys, listen, all you guys, listen to me, listen to me, all of you. What we did this morning in praise and worship, that ushers us into what? The presence of God. The presence of God. God inhabits. This is not something we do just to, oh, let's get that done so we can get to the message. There's a lot of people in my church over the 30 years I've pastored. I watch them come in late. I say, what do you come in late for? Well, y'all just do a praise and worship. That music's a little too loud. I don't like the songs they sing. I said, you don't get it, do you? You don't get it. You haven't had a revelation. 
what it means to worship. I'm sorry for I feel sorry for you. You think worship's about you. Worship's not about you. It's about Him. So I urge you, listen, when you come to church on Sunday morning, what time does church start? 10.30? Be here at 10.30. Because what you're doing in praise and worship is vitally important. They're not just up here just playing some musical instruments. Where are all the worshipers in the house? Where are you? Where's all the worshipers in this house? Y'all, come up here. Come up here. Come here. I got something to say to you. All the worshipers in this house, you're on the worship team. Listen. All the worship team. Oh, Mike and Eric, Lyric are with the kids. Well, listen. When they, Michael and Lyric, when they put together a series of songs to sing. It's like Pastor Sam working on his message or he started his message for next Sunday. And when the worship team gets together, they're not up here just, let's just sing a few songs. They plan this out during the week. These are the songs that are going to usher us into the presence of God. And if that's not right, I guarantee the preacher's not going to preach near as good. And so we got to refocus our attention on the presence of God. And you are you usher in the presence of God through your worship. I love worshipers. I love watching drummers worship the Lord. Pretty awesome. And, I, and just those that sing, just stand in the presence because it helps me get into the presence. Got to refocus on His presence. We got to refocus on praise and worship. Got to refocus on praise and worship. There are times when God will fall on a certain song. And it's just, Lord God, just there. Maybe a different song to each. God fell on me. Sang that song about His name. And there are so, certain Sundays that, and it, He falls on a certain song. And sometimes I'll say, sing that again next Sunday. And God will fall on it again for a season. It seems like He's on one, just a song that just brings us into His presence. And I don't take that lightly. There are certain people I listen to because I want to get into His presence. We got to refocus on praise and worship. We got to refocus. Listen to this. We got to refocus on prayer. Sam, man, we knew what it was like to get in the altar, stay up all night if we needed to to pray. Sam and I learned to pray together. He was living in Duncanville. He and Beverly hadn't been married too long. We were trying to, as young men, it's been a long time ago, we were trying to learn to pray. We'd gather at his house, five o'clock in the morning. He'd have the coffee on. In the wintertime, he'd have the fireplace going. And we were doing our best to learn how to pray. God, we want to get into your presence. We'd get on our knees. Sometimes we'd fall asleep. But we were learning to cry out to God, and we learned how to pray. Press into God. There were times... We were just driving on the road some nights and we would see each other and say, let's go to the church and let's pray a while. We'd go spend a couple hours in prayer together. we got to refocus on our prayer life. Sam, I've refocused. Every morning I get on my knees and I, I go through the Lord's Prayer. I recently gave a copy of Could You Not Terry to Chris Gutierrez who's taking over my church. And he read it and he says, this is great. I've never read this before never seen this before. I said, it's the greatest book you read on prayer. Get it in your heart. And it's in me, deep in me. 
you've never read the book, Could You Not Terry? Go find it. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at half-price books. You can find that book and read it. Let's refocus on prayer. we got to get our prayer life going. we got to intercede. You intercessors, where are the intercessors? Raise your hand. You are. You know you're an intercessor. Pastor Sam, raise your hand because you're an intercessor. You're an intercessor. I'm an intercessor. I love to pray. I love to pray. I'd rather be back there praying right now. I love to pray. And listen, intercessors, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to step it up. It's time to step it up. It's time to step up prayer. We've got to refocus on prayer. And lastly, I want to say we've got to refocus on people. It's the only thing that matters to God. He created them. He cre- created them. They matter to me. Every person matters to God. And I've had to have a little talk with myself because I got irritated at people. Some people I just got irritated. I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want to watch them on TV because they irritated me. I didn't like them. I didn't even know them. I didn't like them. I see somebody say, nah, I don't like your personality. I well, I had to have a talk with myself because I saw where Jesus said he looked on the multitude and he had compassion. I'd lost my compassion. I look at people and I get mad at them, irritated. That's a preacher. I'd look at it at the congregation, preaching. I said, God, help me. You love people. You love the multitudes and you love the individuals. Help me, Lord, to refocus my attention on what you're, you're focused on. You're focused on people. He wants all men to be saved. He said, I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to come to know me. Don't you want that? I was in a plane on the way back from India. And it was a plane full of Hindus and Muslims. They were very angry people. They weren't nice to each other. They weren't nice to the hostess. I couldn't speak their language, but I looked around. I said, Lord, if I really believe what I preach, that all these people in this plane, if they don't come to know you, they're, they're going to spend eternity without you. I said, God, let me... Let me have a compassion for them. I can't speak their language, but can I intercede for them right here? And I pray that'll happen to me, not just in India, but right here at Walmart or wherever I may go, driving down the street. I see people and I just have a burden. Oh, I wonder if they know Jesus. I wonder if they know Him. I wonder if that little boy knows Jesus. I wonder if that couple knows Jesus. I can tell they probably don't. God, give me a a compassion for them. That I love them. Pray for them. Intercede for them. Church, listen to me. The Lord needs you. And the Spirit of God is falling upon all flesh. Sons and daughters. See these young people down here. Ooh, I wonder what God's going to do with you. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. I'd like to be here to see what God... wonder what she's going to turn out. wonder what God's going to have her to do. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, God's got a plan for your life. And if you'll just give your heart to Him, you just say, God, take my life. He'll use you in ways well beyond what has used me or Sam or Beverly. As we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, there's greater things to come. What's your name? Faith. Ooh. Faith. 
I like that. Lord, I thank you for faith. May her name be a reality in her life. Lord, may faith rise up within her. And Lord, may she be a light to a dark world. Lord, may she reach young people, Lord, that I would never be able to reach. May just her life be an aroma of life. Bless her, Lord. What's your name? Gwendolyn. Well, Lyndon, how old are you, Gwendolyn? 16. Oh, I was 16 when I was called to preach. Licensed to preach. God's got a plan for your life. Awesome. One day when I get to heaven and we're in heaven, I'll come ask you, what was it like? What, how did he use you? Lord, thank you for Gwendolyn. You've got a plan for her life. Lord, she's 16. Lord, you used David when he was about 16 years old to fight a giant named Goliath. Lord, let Gwendolyn fight the giants. Lord, let her resist the giants that are trying to infiltrate her life. Let her fight for others, Lord. Let her stand in the gap for others. In Jesus' name. Well, I wish I had time to lay hands on every one of you. But the most important thing is he's laying his hand on it. It's the 20th year of the hand of the, the open hand. It's coming upon this congregation. It's coming upon Pastor Sam and Beverly. New season. This is a new season. A new season. Lord, I thank you for a new season for Pastor Sam and Beverly. Lord, they are the warring priest. They're leading the way. Sam will stand here Sunday after Sunday, bringing a thus saith the Lord from heaven. Lord, I pray that the years that are in front of him will be more fruitful from the years that are behind him. Lord, the people that you've given because he's given his life to you, you've given him people. Let them be revealed. Let the harvest be reaped. Lord, for Beverly, Lord, let a fresh anointing come upon her life. The hand of God, Beverly, is upon you. He's going to refresh you. He's going to quicken you. He's going to restore years. You're going to have greater vision than you've had before. It took vision to get to where you are now, but it's going to take a greater vision to take you where He wants you to go. And I'll do super abundantly above all that you would even dare ask me. But just ask me. 
and I'll show you things that when, when I do it, you won't even hardly believe it. I'm going to give people for your life. Lord, thank you for a fresh anointing. Fresh anointing upon Church on the Rock North. Fresh anointing upon this house, oh Lord. Let it be, Lord. All for your glory. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. I can't wait to see what God's going to do with this church. Can't wait to see the harvest come in. They're out there right now. Waiting on you. Are you ready? Are you one of those soldiers? You're not distracted by the things of this world? You got a courageous heart? And you say, just let me at them. I'll get out front. I'll lead the way. And let's just see what God will do. Amen? God bless you, sir. Come on, give him praise. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Come on, church. Isn't the name? Help me, Nate. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? And all the world can come to Him and have their sins removed. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Sing it again. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Thank you, Lord. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? And all the world can come to Him and have their sins removed. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Let's give Jesus some love and let, tell Him we love Him today. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate Pastor Sonny coming and sharing the Word of the Lord with us. Let Pastor Sonny know you appreciate him this morning. What a blessing. Came with a word from the Lord. You can go back to your seats for just a moment. God bless you. And as I said earlier, I want to encourage you. In fact, the ushers are going to uh, do me a favor. You, if you got your tithe today, we don't normally pass the plate, but we're going to do that. We don't have a plate. But that's the ushers. Uh, if you have your tithe, make sure you mark it tithe. And if you have an offering above the tithe to go to COTR Network, you can go C-O-T-R-N-O-M, Network of Ministers, C-O-T-R. Don't make it out to that, but just notate so we don't get them confused. Is, did I just confuse you really good? If you have your tithe, mark it tithe. If you have your offering that you would like to give to Church on the Rock Network of Ministers, just make sure you put C-O-T-R-N-O-M on it. Uh, and we want to give today. Ushers, go right ahead. Father, thank you today for the ministry of Pastor Sonny. We thank you for the ministry, Lord, that we have in, uh, networked together to touch pastors and church leaders around the nation and around the world. Lord, people all over the world connected to one another because of Church on the Rock Network of Ministers. Bless them. 
Guys, go right ahead. And and uh, as um, as we're passing the altar, here, guys, come take me. Come come help. Here, go Robert. Here you go. Go right ahead, Nathan. I'm looking forward to tonight. Too. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord some more tonight. We're glad you're here. And what did I say? Just a few moments ago when we began, it's really not optional. I'm pulling my pastor 20-year anniversary card out, and I'm just saying, you know, I, 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 I'm just asking you uh, to just say, hey, we'll be back tonight, uh, and we're not going to just show up because pastor made it. We're going to show up with a smiley face and have fun and worship together and celebrate together and get to meet new people uh, who are part of our extended church family. Uh, and uh, just uh, minister with them and to them and let them minister with us and to us. It's going to be a great time. I know some of our guests today have to get on the road. Conan and Shelly have to go back. Uh, we've, I've been trying to get them to move here for years, and now they've just bought another house and got a new remodel project to go, and Conan just took a job with Equipment Independent School District. And uh, Eddie and Sonia, they can move back anytime they want. We'll take them back anytime. We love them. Uh, and and uh, but uh, you know what they've got to get on the road and so uh, you need to be back with friends and family uh, and we're gonna have a great time together everybody love the Lord say amen well I tell you what let's do let's stand together as the ushers are finishing up I want to speak a blessing over you may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus name now Pastor Sonny we've got some thoughts that we, we've been mulling over here for the last few months and here they are what are what is it that we're called to do everybody we're called to what gather we're called to give grow there you go we're called to give and we're called to go that's who we are that's what we do we're gathering together again tonight and we're growing together today we grew spiritually uh, and, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to give. That's what we're doing right now. We're called to go into all the world, refocusing our attention on worship and praise and prayer and people. People are important to God. Amen. God bless you. Love one another. And we'll see you back here tonight. Have a great afternoon. Amen.